for tuning in to 301 Leroy, the official podcast for the City of Benton, Michigan. I'm Tessa, the Communications Director at City Hall, and 301 Leroy is your one-stop destination for all things Benton, from city events to community news. This week, Jeff Doyle, a professional storyteller and humorist, is joining me to talk about a very special upcoming event in Fenton. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. Oh, it's great to be here, Tessa. Now, you're joining me on a pretty rainy, cloudy day, and uh, it's the perfect time to tell some stories, I think. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. So on September 9th, the Arts and Culture Commission is hosting a storytelling event called Once Upon a Time on the Shiawassee. From 2.30 to 3.30 on the lawn in Rackham Park, which is out behind the community center, families can bring a picnic blanket and enjoy the stories of our three entertainers for free. In the evening, we're hosting a ticketed event for adults 18 and up at the Community and Cultural Center, which, by the way, you can use the link in the description to buy tickets through. This is the first time the City of Fenton has hosted an event like this. So, Jeff, can you tell our listeners about storytelling? Is this just like opening up a book and, you know, like when we were kids, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing, Tessa, that I get a lot, you know, when people talk about storytelling is they think that, what are you going to read? Well, mm-hmm. storytellers do not read from a book. And I think one of those things is, you know, everything now is labeled storytelling, but storytellers do a presentation. Okay. And, and we tell the story out loud from memory, and uh, it's really entertaining. Now, do the stories change each time? They do change they each do. time. Yeah. Do, yes. So <laughs> when you're not having a total script, and depending yeah. on the storyteller, yeah. they might change a lot, and depending on the audience. Sometimes sure. we'll modify stories. Uh, to suit the audience. So if there are younger people in the audience, we'll make sure to tell stories to suit them. Mm-hmm. And if there are you know, older kids or adults in the audience, we're going to tell stories that entertain them. Yeah, which is why this is kind of perfect because we have two events that day, one for families and one for adults. So it's the perfect day in Fenton. You take your kids downtown to the river, get them some entertainment, that then babysitter them, and come back in the evening for some different stories. Now, you're not performing alone. There are two other storytellers coming with you for this event. How did you meet Larry Castleberry and Luann Holman? Well, actually, I met Larry Castleberry at the Secret Society of Twisted (laughs) Storytellers, which is a curated event in uh, downtown Detroit uh, by Satori Shakur and uh, for people of all walks of life to come in and tell stories. Okay. Um, And we were telling stories about fathers and figures. So we were telling about being a father or a story about our fathers. Mm -hmm. And then Luann, I met at the National Storytelling Network Conference in Kansas City. Okay. Are they both here from Michigan? Uh, Larry is uh, actually, uh, he, he is the president of DABS, the Detroit Association of Black Storytellers from, uh, obviously from Detroit, the Detroit area. <laughs> the yeah. Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Luann is from Angola, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she, so they're at least relatively close to the Midwest, but you know, stories can transcend time and place. So I guess that really doesn't matter. Even if you did meet one of them at a secret society, <laughs> which is probably the coolest thing I have heard today. (laughs) And I'm kind of wondering, how can I get into this next meeting? (laughs) Is it open to the public? (laughs) Well, you can always go listen to the stories. That's right. right. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you had to describe your style of storytelling in just one sentence, what would it be? Well, as a storyteller, I am really painting a picture in your imagination. So it's it's different from other forms of entertainment, or even theater, where you can see what's going on on stage or going to a movie. This is, 
I'm describing the story and you're imagining it in your mind. Well, that's pretty cool. It's almost like collaborative art because it's you're the muse and we become the artist almost when we're picturing it. That's, Absolutely, yeah. That's pretty that's incredible. True. But how do you how did you find out that you have this gift for telling stories? So I've always liked story jokes, if you will. And when I was a kid, I heard this story when I was 12 called The Blue Ape. And I always told it. And when my kids were little, I would tell them about The Blue Ape. And it was a it was kind of a tag your it kind of tale. And um, every time my daughter's uh, friends would come over, they would... She would say, tell that story, Dad, tell that story. <laughs> so then I became, um, uh, we, we had this father and kids camp out that, mm -hmm. that we used to go to. And it was my job at every camp out to learn a couple of new stories and to scare the kids <laughs> at the campfire. My goal was to make a child cry. Oh, which, very nice. Yeah, yeah, which I'm sad to say that I actually did achieve at some point, but now we're a little more mild-mannered. Sure. And uh, we hope not to do that and, and terrorize, you know, <laughs> to trauma, traumatize yeah. children at this event. Um, <laughs> you know, and the storytellers that are here, uh, uh, both myself, uh, Lou Ann and Larry, tell all kinds of different stories, from personal stories, uh, twisted or altered fairy tales, mm -hmm. legends, um, and it's, it's extremely entertaining. You know, I've gone into a lot of classrooms, and I know they have too, where, where teachers come up and go, you know, my class won't last 10 minutes with oh. you as a storyteller. And after an hour of sitting there patiently, they go, oh, my goodness, this student who never pays attention is enraptured with the storyteller. And maybe that's part of that collaborative, you know, almost agreement that you have when you go into a storytelling event because – you are submerged in the story as well. It becomes part of the listeners. And for kids, that's incredible. That use of imagination that they're not getting when they're using a tablet or they're, you know, watching TV. It's a great imaginative process. It makes us more creative. It helps us to become better writers. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of research on the, those subjects. But that's not what we're here sure, for sure, today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, during this event... You said that you probably you probably won't scare anyone, right? <laughs> I mean, but it's not off the table. Um, what could we expect from from these? The difference between uh, in the morning with the families and then in the evening for the ticketed event. So, I mean, the, the morning stories will be will be entertaining to all. Okay. I can guarantee that. You know, good story is a good story. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if it's entertaining to kids or or adults. So it's just that the you know they'll deal with more. You know, kids, uh, you kids know, stories that kids can relate yeah. to. Larry, I talked to Larry on the way here, and he was telling me that, well, he has the, the real story of the three pigs, and the, oh. you know, and, the, you know, and, you know, that, that mild-mannered wolf. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a little bit different, but uh, that might be for kids. I tell, you know, uh, Robin Hood stories. I tell uh, different twisted fairy tales and just some funny stories for kids about the woman in my neighborhood that was always watching you no matter what you did and calling your mother. We have. Everyone has that woman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did we not think of this as a future story until now? That's perfect. So I'm getting kind of the feeling that you might come up with some of your stories from your, your own personal life. Is that true? I do. I uh, A lot of my stories are based on not, not only child. They started at childhood, but they also... Mm -hmm. 
talking about things that happen to us as adults. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, usually find some story seed that I think is funny. Mm -hmm. And then the story kind of expands from there and grows. Um, Not necessarily at the end of the story. It's just some seed. And it could be the beginning. It could be the middle or the end. And then it gets written, you know, kind of gets created from there. Now, this this is a sidetrack question, but do you write down your stories first? So when I started, I did not write my stories first. Mm-hmm. I was, I would, and different storytellers do it different ways. Okay. Some storytellers never write their stories down. And um, when I started, I would just create them in my head, and then they wouldn't necessarily get written down. But as, as my repertoire grew, grew over the last 20 years, you start writing them down. Sure. And I actually found that I was a better creator when I was writing uh, for me. It, you know, because it just gave me more time to think and dwell, dwell, you know, delve, delve into those uh, uh, subjects a little bit more. Sure. And, and too, it kind of gives you time to rework. Uh, whereas maybe you're constantly reworking in your brain, the reflective process is maybe different on paper. Well, well I mean, I think my wife teaches writing. Oh, Colleen see, there teaches we go. writing. So, but I was never a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both appreciate the editing process. So what mm-hmm. really makes a great story is just editing, 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 editing. That's what great. <laughs> that's what you teach in you know school. You right. know, like the the beauty is in in the you know editing it to something that shines. Yeah, absolutely. Now I can't help myself. Would you give us a little preview <laughs> of one of your favorite stories? Sure. Um, the story is called Pole Barn Dreams. You are not getting the pole barn, exclaimed my wife, Colleen, as we moved into our new home on Poplar Hill Drive. But honey, but honey, uh, you know, everybody's got a three-acre lot and the Neighborhood Association allows outbuildings, but nothing. (laughs) You don't need a pole barn. And besides, we can't afford a pole barn. You know, we just bought a new house. She was right, of course. For those of you who don't know, (laughs) a pole barn is a farm utility building built out of treated lumber and covered in metal siding. And I wanted one. I wanted to be like Norm on that PBS show, you know, Mm -hmm. the new Yankee workshop. That guy can make anything out of wood. I wanted my own workshop. I had pole barn dreams. (laughs) Okay, now, (laughs) I assume Colleen has seen you do this, but for our listeners, (laughs) if only coming to see Jeff, to see his impression of his wife... is just stellar so I can't wait to hear the rest of that because I think I had the exact same conversation with my husband um, and he might have interpreted your voice the right, same yes, way exactly, yes, <laughs> yes mine might have been a little louder I don't know but that's that's incredible I love that all right well I can't wait to hear the ending of that story I can't thank you enough for sharing your talents with me today. I can't wait to spend the day listening to the rest of these stories and all of the three storytellers on September 9th. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to being here. Thank you, Jeff. Now, you've been listening to 301 Leroy, the official podcast for Fenton City Hall. 
your one-stop destination for all things Fenton. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll see you downtown.